I'm good. I, I know it's been a moment. It has. It's been a while. You know, life happens. But yeah. we are here again. For a snobby special. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We There's a lot that happened in February. So. Yeah, it really was. You know what? It's funny because normally you know, February feels like it just flies by since it's the shortest month. But this February felt like, okay, it's still February? Girl, oh. it felt like the longest <laughs> month ever. Yeah. I thought it was a doggone leap year. I'm like, what is going on? That is so true. So, yeah. But you know what? We can't complain because at least we, we got the feeling the feeling at least that, you know, we mm-hmm. had a full Black History Month, a full month for Black History Month. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I wasn't outside or anything, but like, <clears throat> I felt like Black History Month this year kind of felt like a, eh, almost yeah. like we get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think a little, it's weird because I, I think a little is comes from being burnt out about us having to remind the world how great we are <laughs> even though yeah. black history month it really shouldn't be about us just telling us but it, it is as well because there's there's um a lot of a lack of education in our formal education system of a lot of our accomplishments and what's going on and so we are educating ourselves as well but we also feel like we have to like in 2021 we still have to defend the 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 point of Black History Month. And I think that's where we're all kind of like, oh, here we go, having to explain again. <laughs> yeah, once again. And because there's also so much um, pushback from, mm-hmm. you know, alternate cultures, um, it's just been very exhausting. And I think that uh, coupled with what's going on with the pandemic over the last year, yeah it's just been rough but that said um there's some projects that came out this this month this past month that i i was very excited about very happy about yeah yeah we gotta we gotta discuss yay i like that but i guess before we get into that um just just for our listeners out there yeah we know you're listening to this and it's march but you know what it's going to still be Black History Month in yeah. our hearts Absolutely. and then in your ears. <laughs> That's just our disclaimer. So I don't want y'all hollering. It's like, why are y'all late on this? <laughs> you know, come on now. Life. Life happens. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. So let's see. Where shall we start? Well, uh, first well, of I, all, yeah, let's go. do the intro. Yeah. Oh, how are we again? <laughs> Hi, guys. Hi, everybody. We are real snobs and we are back for a snobby special or just a regular episode, which we haven't done in a moment. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm your host, Cicely Joy, and I'm joined by my other lovely co-host, Kalina Michelle. Hi. <laughs> and uh yeah, so let's get into it. We're we're <clears throat> discussing um black history goodness, either projects um that have come out um this month projects that have been on the spotlight projects that if you haven't seen before that we would like to highlight if there are things that you want to see uh you also let us know and we have uh possibly expanded our podcast to have a few discussions on clubhouse Um, yes we did a recent one on clubhouse um that I I really, really enjoyed that discussion and I enjoyed being able to um, have people just, you know, jump in and kind of um, give us their insight of it. And so we are going to post that recording and hopefully have some more in the future. So if you have not done before, I guess we don't have a real snobs clubhouse Not yet, but you can can follow us individually on there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, by the time we get our own thing together on clubhouse, you know, you'll already be following us. So. Yeah. I'll, th- I'll make sure to at least add our names, links or whatever to it, to our pages on anchor or Facebook or wherever you can find us. So if you want to join in on the discussion, that's a great, great, great way. And we'll, we'll post when we have an upcoming one scheduled. So everyone will know. Yep. Very good. <laughs> so tell me Kalina. Yeah. Tell me, um, what would you like to discuss? Are any notable things, um, projects that you would like to discuss? Well, the first thing I want to talk about is um, 
because the, the Golden Globes was on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I I was not aware because I always miss all you the miss all the award shows. shows. <laughs> it's fine. Um, I I have not been too focused on the award season mm-hmm. as much this year. Um, but I will say that this project, I believe, at least got a nod, or or I, I believe that the uh, they got best supporting actor drama or something. But it was. Um, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah, and have you seen it? Because yeah. I that's still on my list. Yeah, I so I've seen see it. it. Mm-hmm. I've, I've watched it twice, Ooh, and okay. I believe that it, it's streaming on uh, what is is that on uh, Amazon or is it Hulu Prime? I want to say it may be on Prime, but I may be Amazon wrong Prime. About that. I think it was on Amazon yeah. Prime. Point is, is that it's out there. It's streaming. No, I'm sorry, it's on HBO Max. And it oh, was, um, yeah, it was one of the ones that um, Warner Brothers um, did a deal with HBO where they're going to release every single thing they're releasing in the Yes, theater. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. They announced that last month. Not, well, when did they announce that? Was that January? I want to say January. No, it was actually last year. I think oh, um, okay. maybe December that they did announce that because I, I remember going into the new year knowing that. Um, this is this is huge. So we'll get into the story in a minute, but I have to go back and talk about this Warner Brothers thing real quick because um, when the pandemic hit, nobody was able to go to work, kids couldn't go to school, so everybody was at home. So all of the uh, businesses that re- that basically live off of crowds gathering uh, couldn't operate like normal. And um, movie theater companies like AMC and Regal were, you know, stocks were plummeting, they were, you know, shutting down things and it was just getting really bad um you know because people want to stay home and be safe so the mm-hmm. streaming services were doing like gangbusters like they were just coming mm-hmm. out. even though a lot of production also halted a bit there was still a lot of content that people were able to stream on a regular basis uh not just for adults but kids and everybody in between and um one of the big major deals that happened during the pandemic was Warner Brothers Studios did a deal with HBO Max where every single theatrical release they were going to uh, put out in theater, they were going for this to, year. For this year, they were going to put out on HBO Max the same day. Yeah. And I believe there may be about 20, over a little over 20 titles um, that are going to be released you know, um, systematically throughout the year on HBO mm-hmm. from Warner Brothers. I mean, um, uh, unbelievable. Like, it's a great, it's amazing, and it's also groundbreaking for the the film and television industry because there's been a, a little bit of a culture war going on between the streaming services and the, um, in the you know, like the old hat movie theater companies, stuff like that. And mm-hmm. it's all about capturing the audience. Well, your audience is at home. So how are you going to get people's eyes on the screens? It, to- it made total sense on paper. And it, it, it's working really well. I think they've released like four or five titles so far this year, including mm. Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, Tom and Jerry was just released this week. Um, and, and HBO's not the only one coming out with movies. We've got uh, Coming to America happening on Friday. Coming to America 2 happening Friday. So that's not Warner Brothers, but it just goes to show that the, the content wars are alive and well. And they are, you know, A-list actors are, you know, going to, you know, the streaming services now to get their, their coin. And I'm not mad at it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's, it's going to be interesting how the, um, I'm this year is going to be a wash to me for when it comes to movie theaters and stuff, but I would like to see where the future is going to lead regarding um, movies and theaters and what's going to be released on what and like the competition um, with these streaming services on now getting like the best, the best, the best Mm -hmm. Um, HBO with HBO max. They, they, HBO's always been, you know, one of those top companies, but I feel like they they've plateaued here or there, and it, it feels like they revitalized their brand so much. Yes, and not just not just from having 
oh, one good, you know, series that we're all talking about until it's done, like uh, Game of Thrones or whatever. Mm-hmm. But no, it's, it's, it's the abundance of stuff that is accessible at different times of the year, not just, you know, for a couple of weeks in the summer that we've been waiting for all year. Yeah. It's just like the plethora. They really have um, embraced the streaming services and not just, oh, on demand type stuff. Yeah. So absolutely. I mean, basically anybody who can think up anything, it's starting to just, I mean, just not just at HBO level, like all the way Mm -hmm. to, you know, Twitch streams and on YouTube, like people are cranking out the content and I'm here for it. Specifically, Mm -hmm. if you are a content creator of color, um, specifically, even more specifically, if you're a black content creator, I've been really, you know, focusing and zeroing in on some of the creators out there that are doing big things. Uh, before I go into Judas and Black Messiah, I have to get a, a shout out to a, a man named um, his uh, screen name is Kev on stage. Oh, I love him. You know, yeah, he is so funny. He's hilarious, <laughs> and he's he's a clean comic. Um, and mm-hmm. he cleanish, yeah. cleanish. He, he has some. Yeah. He has some. Right, right. But um, <laughs> but he, on his own, created his own streaming app for he and his friends, his comedian friends, who you know, once the pandemic hit, they couldn't travel and do you know comedy shows, so they decided to do mm. everything online. And they were like, "Why would we wait for Netflix?" or Amazon Prime to give us a comedy special. We'll just make our own comedy specials. And now, excuse me, this man has his own sound stages out in LA. He's got his own streaming service. And it's like, fuck. I didn't realize he did all that. Yes, ma'am. And I mean, he's got his whole family involved, his wife, his two boys. Like, it's it's really amazing. And he started out as... um, a producer over at All Deaf Digital and he was instrumental for turning that network around and when they um, when they shut down business he went ahead and started his own thing with Kev on Stage Studios and it's it's going now and so the pandemic may have stopped a lot of things from happening but it also opened the door for a lot more uh, that is true. Yeah, content creation specifically for black content creators so I'm very excited um that said, Judas and the Black Messiah, I enjoyed this movie. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of people, I didn't really, I, I didn't really focus too much on this um, when I was younger, but I, I just remember when I was young hearing from certain people, even black people, that the Black Panthers were a terrorist organization. Um, wow. I remember hearing about it like that. And um Mostly you heard it from white people, but there were some black people that bought into it too. And for the longest time, I just thought, oh, well, these are just black people that are just trying to go around and kill white people or whatever. But obviously, as I got older and started, you know, looking into things myself and listening to different professors and different people who actually had family members or people associated with the Black Panther Party, we knew that wasn't the truth. And um, one of their shining stars was a young man out of Chicago named Fred Hampton. And he um, he was really instrumental in gathering and garnering support, not just from the Black community on the South Side of Chicago. He got support for all kinds of working people, impoverished people, to basically make a coalition and put people in office who would uh, cater to the needs of their specific communities because for so long, and a lot of uh, places are still dealing with this, but for so long with the, um, with all of the white supremacy and, and redlining of different areas and not having enough economic, um, you know, opportunities and things like that. Um, the Black Panther Party was instrumental in, you know, working for the people, the everyday working class people. And mm-hmm. um, there, everybody knows, well, not everybody now, if you hadn't seen the movie, Fred Hampton was killed by Chicago police um, next to his pregnant girlfriend. Um, he and his, his girlfriend and his son are still 
uh, fighting the good fight. I believe they have an organization in Chicago named after Fred Hampton. Um, but the story was really about the man who infiltrated Fred Hampton's um, the FBI agent that infiltrated. Right. So he wasn't necessarily the Black Panther Party. Yes. So he wasn't really an FBI agent. He was a guy who was a criminal that turned um, oh informant. Informant. Right. Yeah. And it was played by um, Lakeith Stanfield, who mm-hmm. you and I love. Mm-hmm. Love that man. He's so <laughs> fine. Like, I don't understand this. I don't... <laughs> like, it's always... Here's the interesting thing. And then, I, might, I might be going on a little bit of a tangent. I was going to say tangent, tangent time. Tangent alert. <laughs> <laughs> tangent time. Why is it always them skinny dudes, man? Like the skinny dude. Like, don't get me wrong. I love me, you know, a thick man. You know what I'm saying? Nothing wrong with that. But them skinny dudes, man. They the baby. They got a little swagger to them. And they know. They know they got that thing on them. They know. <laughs> and see, this is what I get from the Keith. Like he's up here moaning on Clubhouse and things. I'm just like, look, Keith. Just. <laughs> <laughs> Stop being sexy for two seconds. Even as they're forming, it's like, hey, anyway. I can't be mad at you because you're Thank you. I'm like, oh, anyway. Anyway. Um, (laughs) It follows his story. And I, and it, and it, it starts out with a clip that Lakeith is recreating from an actual documentary about Fred Hampton and about the Black Panther Party. Um, mm-hmm. and then it, it goes into the story about how he infiltrated them and why and how the FBI basically just destroyed the organization from the inside out and, and it, it's it's very unfortunate but I'm talking A-list acting from him and uh, what's the young man's name? Daniel um, uh, Kalua? something with a K from Get, from Get Out and from Black Panther correct, um, him yeah, yeah, we we know we. Know. Yes, now he, I believe, got a nomination for his role as Fred Hampton because he was a supporting role. It's Lakeith star. Okay, but let me tell you, man, you talking acting? Kaluya, act, Daniel Kaluya, yes, acting, great, great, great movie. Um, it's not the perfect movie, um, but I didn't mm-hmm. need it to be the perfect movie. It really just told the story of what happens when you think you're on the right side of history when you know like at what point it asks it has the viewer ask the question of at what point do you self-serve and then on at what point do you serve your community others and others yeah because that's one of the things i know when we're all grappling with with this uh, pandemic right now there's so many people who just refuse to wear masks or refuse to you know stay home or they're still traveling on planes or what have you and at one point they're like yeah well I'm being careful I'm you know I'm doing what I'm supposed to do but at what point are you really doing what you're supposed to do and what exactly are you supposed to do because that was the thing with um uh, Lakeith's character, the informant, because on one hand, he didn't want to go to prison, you know, for, mm-hmm. you know, federal crimes. But on the other hand, he had a direct uh, responsibility for Fred Hampton being assassinated. So, at you know, at one point, do you stop and say, it's, is it my life or the life of an entire movement that could change the entire city for the better? Yeah. So it's not everyone is a hero. Yes. Not everyone is meant for that heroic path where they are uh, choosing the greater good. Some are self, and I won't say self-serving because you never know what is behind their their notion to save themselves and i have air quotes on save themselves because it may be they they need to stay out of prison in order to take care of their family yeah. or to you know there there are factors that things aren't always so black and yeah. white is basically what i'm saying and so i i will hate and i haven't seen the movie so i can't really speak on that but i would hate to completely fault someone 
uh, for choosing that path rather than choosing a path in the federal uh, prison for the rest of yeah. their life. <laughs> yeah, it was, really, um, it was really upsetting because you felt yeah. the whole time that there was, quote, no way out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that was the point yeah. of the direction that um, they were going with. But yeah, a very, mm. very good movie. It, and I get why it was nominated for a Golden Globe. It was it was good. Um, I don't know if I would give it. Uh, I'll give it a medium popcorn with butter. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's good. Like I said, it's on my list. So I will be checking it out yeah. um, probably within the next week or so. Um, so the one uh, movie I would like to discuss that I saw in the month of February, along with uh, hopefully some others, and I like that you were talking about uh, that you describe um, the movie you were just discussing as not a perfect movie because I feel like this one was controversial in the same regards as not a perfect movie, but in a way, I didn't need it to be perfect. Uh, yeah. um, and this, and what I'm discussing is Malcolm mm-hmm. and Marie. And uh, so Malcolm Marie is on Netflix now, stars um, Denzel Washington's fine-ass son. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Uh, David David Washington? David something yeah. Washington. David yeah, John? Something. John he, David. John David Washington. I've watched him for <laughs> will... years on the show. Um, oh, what's that show? It was. It's on HBO um, with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh, that one. Yeah, I don't yeah. watch that show. But I've watched. He's <laughs> good. I, He's very good. Yeah. Um, is it movie name? I'm looking up. Okay, yeah, it's Malcolm Marie. John David Washington. Yeah. I knew it was like John in there somewhere. <laughs> um, John David Washington and Zendaya. Um, so from before this movie even came out, it already was getting a buzz. Not not for more positive stuff about the movie, but because of. Um, it's dealing with the relationship of a couple being played by um, John David and Zendaya, who there's a nice significant age difference between them. I think Zendaya is like in her mid twenties mm-hmm. and he's what, early forties yeah. or something. And so everyone's like, Oh my God. And I'm like, really? Yeah. Come on. Relax. Now. Like, <laughs> If you see it, it kind of like, that doesn't matter. None of that really matters. So, that was the uh, initial reception I had of it. And then after kind of hearing people talk about it, everyone kept talking about, oh, it's triggering. Oh, like it's, it, it was stressful to watch. Oh, it was this or it's that. And so when I watched it, um, I was kind of prepared mm-hmm. <laughs> for anything. What I, I, what I love about this movie, and um, spoiler alert, I loved it. Um, it reminded me of, well, it reminded me of a play because it was kind of shot that way. It was shot a little bit like Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf or, you know, like there's not a whole bunch of different scenes and different people coming in and all this like like a movie. It feels like it was a play that we just had the pleasure of watching on screen. Yeah. Um, so number one, I do like that aspect because I don't feel like we get enough of that in film um that that feeling that i do have with going to the theater which is a very distinct feeling that i i never can really describe but it's something that even for plays that i didn't really care for as much there's this like nostalgia or this like this air about being in a theater and seeing using your imagination for the sets the limited you know um set design that they may have and how you have to really imagine all the um, the different scenes and interactions that they use it yeah. for and seeing how creative they can be with it is really, I love that. Probably also because I was in set design for a second. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but anyway, so that was number one, why I loved it. Number two, it was, it was shot in black and white. And normally I don't care much for watching black and white movies. I think it just, it appeals to some people. It doesn't appeal to me. I don't like a lot of, I avoid a lot of old old timey another air quotes old timey movies because it's just like it doesn't interest me when it's in black and white i just automatically feel like this is going to be boring um however i think it's interesting how um some cinematographers will use black and white in in more modern um modern uh, film and 
And it's, it's kind of like to pull the focus on something else. And the focus really on this movie was about this couple and the dynamic of this couple. And during the movie, which was about an hour and a half, they argued about 90% of it. And so you're not distracted by all these other things. Um, you're just, you just are engaged in like the, the, the rawness of what they're right. saying and their, and their expressions. And so it was kind of like, let's take away all other yeah. distractions. That's what mm-hmm. it felt like. And so it, it, I really like kind of that manipulation of where the director wanted mm-hmm. the attention to be. So that's, uh, that's it. Now, the acting of this movie was beyond phenomenal. If Zendaya doesn't get more accolades from this, no, more recognition, she is already a, a fire type actress. I just think like, you know, she's just in that prime of her career. And this movie really, really, really should have opened more doors for her and opportunities that perhaps mm-hmm. she hadn't seen before. I know she's in a show on HBO called Euphoria, which I haven't seen, but I feel like it may be another type of movie where she, uh, or show where she is kind of oh, she um, pushing is. the envelope she of her is. acting. I've seen stuff. the whole show and the two specials. She's, oh, okay. She kills it. She, she broke out of yeah, that whole so, Disney thing very well. Yeah. And I love it. I love it. Like, I'm, I'm ready to see more from her. And so... Um, and I, it's like I can talk about this movie, and I don't feel like I'm spoiling anything because it's not—it's not a movie about yeah. like what happens in it. Um, the movie itself is about this couple. Uh, John David's character is a director that just won a—I uh, believe he's a writer, director, or a filmmaker that just won a award for <laughs> his film. And Zadai is his girlfriend. So they're coming back from the awards and everything. And he's just talking and talking and talking because he's on this high about the whole thing. And, you know, uh, and it's a lot of talking. You know, he's just talking and she's just, you know, walking around in her gorgeous gown in the kitchen about to fix him some mac and cheese. And it's probably like two in the morning, two or three o'clock in the morning. But she's fixing Mm -hmm. him some mac and cheese and she's just letting him talk. And she's kind of you know, doing the little, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. like not really responding too much. And so obviously you, you feel yeah. there's tension there. And when he kind of uh, gets off his little high horse for a second and realizes, hmm, well, she's not celebrating as much as me. He, he probes and she's like, you know, I don't, I don't really want to talk about it now, you know, just because, because I don't think you're ready to hear it and stuff. And of course that pushes him yeah. even further. So she, she begins to express her feelings of uh, some, um, some items that she mm-hmm. felt negative about. And the movie is just really them kind of going back and forth now. The exhaustion from it, and it was exhausting uh, to kind of uh, go through their uh, communication yeah. style, is because they, I don't want to say they hit below the belt, because hitting below the belt, it feels like you're intentionally trying to be mean to someone. It just feels like they were having brutally honest, raw conversations as as to this is this is um, this is a mirror. I'm holding up a mirror and I need you to look in the mirror and see all of this bullshit in front of it. And you need to acknowledge it and address it before you're throwing my bullshit in my face. So they're basically just going back and forth. And then they will have like a break where they kind of, it kind of feels like a stalemate where they're like, huh, okay. You know, and they both are in, I wouldn't say good spirits, but they're basically back Mm -hmm. on the same team, even though I didn't really feel like they were, they weren't on each other's team. um, It just feels like the type of relationship where you love that person so much that you need to check them on their own bullshit and both of them have stuff. And so, you know, having both of them do that and then have these moments where they're just kind of at peace and they're, you know, um, in, in this good space. And then the smallest thing or something that seems small to us will trigger them going back into that, um, Mm -hmm. that combative Mm -hmm. type manner. And it goes, it goes that way for a while. So it's a little bit like a roller coaster, which feels like if it was just an isolated night of that, I mean, you're like, you can understand, but the way that they mm-hmm. quickly recover from some of the most hurtful and mean, although true things that they've said to each other makes, 
gives me the impression that this is their relationship. Like this is, this is a very normal day for them. And I personally cannot imagine being in a relationship where all day, every day, this is what, how we have to discuss things. (laughs) And they're both very intellectual and they're both very, um, they they do have a self-awareness of each other so it's not like they, they I want to say it's like they are each other's match they really are each other other's match where one is not really getting yeah. over on the other um so I can understand why it was triggering for some people um maybe not necessarily what they said but um the type of communication mm-hmm. patterns they have um, and just that roller coaster and all that, I can totally understand. And then there was a scene near the end when Zendaya she she basically did this monologue. There was really two scenes. It was a monologue where she showed um, her mm-hmm. acting within acting. <laughs> she just kind of flipped the switch on him, and you're like, "Whoa, okay, this is gonna get good." And then there was another scene, this monologue where. I feel like she really expressed the complexities of love and how it is to be so close to a person that you often are Mm. forgotten about when they think about thanking people or where they have been, um, how, how they got to where this great place in their life, like how, how the people closest to us are often overlooked or taken for granted. And that monologue that she said, and and if you've seen the movie, you'll know what I'm talking about. It was just so, it grabbed me. It grabbed me so hard. And um, I think everyone can kind of relate to what she was expressing and the Mm. feelings she was expressing. Um, And it's a movie that kind of ends not really concluding on anything (laughs) and so for that reason you know I feel like it it was a little polarizing um some people that may not really be um used to um movies that are 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 Mm -hmm. kind of more like a play or in that manner they may not have enjoyed it more they may have looked for thought it would be more exciting or this or that so it, it may not be for everyone but I think it's a beautiful beautifully um acted piece of art uh the cinematography was beautiful what they can do with just black and white and and the lighting and the um the scenery of the house and all of that it was just yeah it amazed me and yeah so uh i love that movie and i would give it a large popcorn with light butter just because it's one that I don't, mm-hmm. I can't see often because it is a little bit of a, like yeah. a effort, <laughs> emotional effort, but it's, it's worth it to me to at least for everyone to at least see it That's once. Awesome. Zendaya has a, um, yeah. or Zendaya, I don't know how to pronounce her name exactly, but she's got a career ahead of her. She is, she, she does. is a force. And, um, I know a lot of people right now are in various Twitter feeds and chat rooms talking about um, why it is that some Black Americans get overlooked for certain roles in these big movies. Um, I mean, that movie has two Black American actors in it, you know. Um, Lakeith mm-hmm. is African American, um, but uh, Daniel is not. And get oh, a little closer sorry. to your mic because you're sounding muffled here and there. That, um, um, some of the controversy that's been happening in Hollywood and, and some of the talks around Hollywood is that there is there's a school of thought that there's a little bit of discrimination happening when you're talking about black American actors and actresses going out for these roles in these major films and productions. And um, one of those people that ends up getting a lot of these roles is uh, Daniel Kaluuya. Is that how you pronounce it? Who? I'm not sure. Kaluuya. Kaluuya. He gets a lot of roles. I mean, he played Fred Hampton, you know, who's, Clearly, this is an African-American historical figure, but he himself 
is, you know, the UK. So it's just like, why are all of these UK type people getting these roles? And the interesting yeah. thing, though, with Malcolm and Marie and um, what Lakeith did in Judas and the Black Messiah, like they were showing the the power that Black American actors can bring to the screen. You know, and so I'm oh, yeah. very, very optimistic uh, going forward that um, Hollywood as a whole will start to really see the value in our own homegrown actors and actresses, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I'm excited to um, for what's yeah. more to come. So... With all that said, in our last few minutes, just because we hadn't really chatted in a while, I want to know. Child, let me. Okay, okay, okay. Here we go. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I am going nuts. I like it when your voice goes up like that. Like, yeah tell you <laughs> i know it's gonna be exciting so so go ahead <laughs> i have been going nuts over wandavision i will okay not don't spoil talk too it. much because i, I, I told it, you okay? thank you i got up to episode four so I, I i i was waiting for that little twist but i I told myself i'm gonna wait until the rest of the episodes are done that so was probably the smartest thing because I, every week, after every Friday, after it comes out, I am stressed until the next week. So I'm like, I need to know. I know. (laughs) I'll be seeing you saying, who's joining me at 3 a.m.? Next episode's going to be released. I I literally got on at 3 a.m. I started a whole watch party on Disney+. And all these people were like, yeah, yeah, we're going to watch it together. It's going to be great. Ain't Nam awake. Nobody was awake. Nope. Like, y'all are, nope. Y'all are messing with me, man. I said it's fine. I'll watch it myself. <laughs> I let me tell you, this show was absolutely one hundred percent not on my radar at all. Um, Wanda Maximoff was kind of like one of those throwaway characters in Avengers for me. I was just not into it. I yeah. liked Vision in Age of Ultron and in um, the other movies and stuff, but. Again, they were, you know, they were just, you know, kind of like Hawkeye to me, just like whatever. Um, That said, I said, let me watch it because, you know, I miss my Marvel movies and let me just see what they're talking about. And the first episode, Mm -hmm. a lot of people who started it were like, "Uh, what the hell is this? This is boring. Why are they recreating these shows and things like that? Yeah. But the beautiful... Well, they should have known better. There were they like were little there. moments in that show that right, showed you this right. is not normal. Yeah. <laughs> this is not going to be a normal the show. Thing that what Marvel Studios is doing now, and I think it's genius what they've been able to do with Disney Plus and all that stuff. Going forward with Marvel Studios, bridging the gaps between these big movie productions is going to be absolutely mm-hmm. important to the Marvel Universe. Because there's so mm-hmm. many questions and, and, and scenarios and topics that these movies, just by nature of what they're, the, the um, plot they're focused on in those movies, you can't touch on every single thing. And yet, some of these throwaway characters, yeah. I say throwaway because that's what I'm calling them, because obviously they're, they're fans of like Wanda and Hawkeye and stuff like that. But these characters that you think are just ancillary are... are quintessential to a lot of these storylines and they're quintessential to bridging the gap not just in the storylines but in various marvel universes as well and that's what wandavision is Mm -hmm. doing and it's giving me every single thing that my marvel studios nerdiness needs and i'm so happy (laughs) and yet like you, I should have waited till they released every single one <laughs> because <laughs> binging gives you that that bit of gratification, that that thing of like, yeah, like when you have a book and you know, oh, I'll just read a couple of chapters, and the next thing you know, the sun's coming up and you're on chapter twenty, you know. 
it's kind of like that for me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I want after every single episode, they are they're genius. The writers are genius with the cliffhangers. And I'm just like, guys, don't do this. Don't roll the credits. Dang it. You know? <laughs> You're killing me. <laughs> but um, <laughs> and I, I, I love I almost kind of like that because it's also kind of part of the viewing experience, you know. And you realize when you go online and you're, yeah. you're seeing these people who have the reaction channels or the, the, the Reddit feeds about, you know, what's going on. You have your own little community of people that are feeling the pain that you're feeling and like, oh, we got to wait for another week. And then you, the beautiful thing about what's happening with WandaVision, it's giving fans fodder for all these different theories and so every week you you want to watch mm-hmm. to see if your theory is correct, you know? Oh yeah, I, I do love that kind of um that community that not that it's not a hive mind thing. But yes. It's like we're all in this together. We're all in this mystery together. Right. What do you think it is? What do you think? I remember I used to um tune into uh, I can't remember the name. It's a series of uh, where they would do a lot of recaps for shows. Um, and I used to tune into the one mm, for True yep. Blood back in the day because when True Blood at the highest, like it really felt like, oh my goodness, yeah. where are they leading us to? Like mm-hmm. it was going to really go somewhere. They did the same thing with Lost mm-hmm. or, you know, some other bigger shows where you you tune in weekly and they just they just left all this mystery up for us to kind of come up with all sorts of things yeah. and guesses and it's fun. Oh, that is that is fun, but you know what? I'm too grown for that stress now. I get it. I'm too. No, I get it. just let me watch it Child, and let Fridays me be done and move on. Last several Fridays have been shot emotionally because I don't. I, I'm like I can't believe I have to wait a whole seven days. You know, it's just like oh, I can't, I can't. And so to, you know, to help me, I go to people who are like just throwing out these random theories and it helps a little bit, but you just gotta wait. You just gotta wait. <laughs> it's like it really it's is. like drugs. Like I just I just need a little Literally. hit. What do, you, what do you think Literally, next week? Like, just give me that's a little hit. Almost how it feels. <laughs> and um that's a little scary in a way, but it's also really cool. I enjoy it. Um I will say that <laughs> I also like the fact that they're only doing but so many episodes. Um, I don't believe there's a second season of WandaVision happening, um, which is fine by me. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, Disney Plus, uh, Disney and Marvel, they also uh, came out with their slate of films and TV for the next, what, five years or something like that. So we have a lot coming up. So Mm -hmm. I think this is going to introduce the next Marvel Universe and all that stuff. So yeah, I'm oh, yeah. very excited. I'm very happy about WandaVision. It was a pleasant surprise. And um, yeah, I can't wait till you watch the rest of it. Because we need <laughs> a, whole, we so, a whole episode dedicated to WandaVision. Okay. No, I'm I'm down for that. I'm I'm definitely oh, down yes, because I love absolutely. my Marvel. You know that. 100%. So. I, <laughs> And then, and I know like the Falcon Winter Soldier and Falcons coming out as well. It's almost mm-hmm. like back to back. Yeah, some and they're they also um, are like you said they're really good uh, using these to really introduce characters that are going to be in the uh, the next version of Marvel movies and and yeah, you know what I'm, I would I'm love just thrilled. Like week. I'm loving this. I would really love for somebody at Marvel Studios and Sony and all these people to get X-Men together. Like, really get the storylines together. Because you know that Mm. Wanda Maximoff and her brother technically are X-Men in the comics. So, you know, it's not about, it's not that easy. This is, what's happened to X-Men yeah, is business. business and dealings. And that is what happened to them. Right. It's not the creativity part. It's it's the the business side. I know. Don't get me started. We don't have enough time for me to like get into my rants about I that. Know. I know. Girl, listen, <laughs> get my blood that's the one thing. I'm just like, if they just get their stupidness together over there. And just give us <laughs> what we need. Like they tried, 
but and it's a valiant effort. Valiant effort. Yeah, go go fuck up some other franchise. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, not this one. Uh, anyway, but yes, that's what I've been watching. Oh. How about you? What have you been watching? <laughs> Um, well, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna speak briefly on this, but a show that I, I kind of had on my back burner for a long time and just decided, um, especially because I had a friend that was, uh, just picked it up and start talking about it a lot. And this person doesn't really watch a whole lot of TV for them to like be really excited about. I'm like, okay, let me check this out. Um, and so I started watching it and I'm, oh yes, you told me. Killing Eve. I yes I am so I'm I'm not completely finished I'm on the last season I think there's three seasons right now and I'm on the last one that at least is available on Hulu um but I love this show and it's it's uh, it was so unexpected um how the the writing is it's it's well done it's like I guess they called it um I think they called it like a like a dark comedy and I, I don't know if I would call it a dark comedy it is there are some comedic factors but it's not forced comedy it's just kind of like the character uh the show is about if you don't know the show is about an assassin and uh an agent or mi6 agent who is basically who was tasked to find her and and their interactions and stuff but the assassin uh she's a female assassin she is very uh, interesting character she is a psychopath Mm. she is a classic psychopath and and her lack of like empathy like you she would be so scary to be around because she comes off really Mm -hmm. charming and funny and all that but at any at any moment she may kill you and it could be because she is very professional meaning she will kill you if you are if you are her mark even if she likes you she will, you know, she's like, oh, but it's my job, so I have to do this. And, you know, it sucks, but this is yeah. what's going to be. And she will talk to you about it, like, hey, you know. Um, so she seems, like, in a way personable, where you want to get to know her. And she, but she, like I said, she will be professional. But at the same time, if she just may be annoyed by you or just mm. kind of bored and want to no, see something that's... exciting, she will kill you. And it's not necessarily that, at least from what I've seen in the show, that she is, like, you know, obsessed with blood and murder. She doesn't seem to have like this fixation with it. It's just kind of like there's this lack mm-hmm. of caring or empathy or, you know, she knows what's right or wrong. Yeah. She just chooses not to care. <laughs> and the, and but, but what she does kind of care about or what she does find fascinating and stuff is really interesting. And, and uh, so that's her and then mm-hmm. the agent is played by Sandra O oh, um from Grey's Anatomy and she's this is an interesting uh, role for her because even though she's this agent which you would think is kind of going to be a little bit like Dana Scully from X uh, X-Files or whatever and kind of serious mm. she's really kind of goofy and and not to me I I don't want to say she's really she's bad at her job but it's kind of like um she could yeah she's bad at her job that's what i i feel she's bad at her job like she she kind of comes from this more like as an educator of of uh female assassins and serial killers rather than this you know cia quantico uh james bondish type agent she's kind of like huh I I can I yeah. read a lot about them to be able to help, but really she doesn't have the that those skills like the field agent skills that you would think gotcha. a person in her role should have, and so she gets herself into some pickles and she really does some dumbass things that um, you're trying to figure out like where is this coming from? But she is driven mm-hmm. by emotion a lot, and so for her to be. Um, juxtaposed to someone that is very mm-hmm. emotionless <laughs> with how she um, goes about things is really interesting there and they have this bond this crazy ass bond through this so killing eve i have enjoyed it's really really been um and i think it's only like okay. eight episodes a season it's not a whole lot of episodes too um so it's it's really enjoyable to watch. I think it originally came oh, okay. on what BBC America. 
maybe maybe that's why I like never caught it but um I'm gonna check it if out. you have a chance catch it you know at least three seasons out there in the song Hulu I'm so excited. enjoy yourself <laughs> yay well this was a nice discussion <laughs> yay this this was and you know we hope to have some more coming soon we don't know if we're going to be discussing some series or some random one-off movies until something like really bites yeah. us like Lovecraft uh, um, did you know I, I yeah oof, that was that was fun yeah I'm, <laughs> but I'm I, just it's, those are like such rare yeah I agree that I'm about, hoping so. that um, pretty soon I know we got some movies coming out but I really am interested in learning um in getting more movies specifically fantasy that deal with black people i'm really hoping to see more of that in 2020 yes in, in the coming years um yeah. me too and not Afro- even futurism let's all make it happen that just focus on the black experience that's what i'm interested in I know there was a horror movie that came out not too long ago right. starring the guy who um, who was uh, starring in that uh, what's that 50 Cent show? Power? Him and Loretta Power. Devine. Uh, it's called yeah. Spell? I, did you? Spell. You liked it? I haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, I saw I it. I liked it. it. Okay. I liked it. It was a it was yeah, a see, good and that's what I'm saying. We need more, more of that. You know, like, just give me give me any and all genres. Mm-hmm but with black people in it, like more because we, we were there, you know, we were there. Yeah. We can do it too. Y'all, so it is what it is. All right, honey. This was wonderful. <laughs> well, this was, so for everyone listening, thank you for tuning in again. Always. You can catch us on anchor. Um, our podcast at yep. Anchor was at anchor.fm backslash real snobs. But you also can um, find us anywhere, pretty much anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Uh, of course, we're on Facebook. We are on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Plenty of places to leave comments. And of course, as we mentioned earlier, that we're, we may be doing a yes. few episodes on Clubhouse or some uh, Clubhouse um sessions if you want to join in on the discussion and so just follow us so you can you know know what's happening but until then good night